Hey guys, Chris from Begging Board here with something of an apology for you all. A couple months ago, John and I sat down to record one of our special movie fix episodes of the podcast, and I promptly forgot to edit it and post it for your listening pleasure. So here I am now, uh, saying my bad with something of a, a lost episode, uh, where we sit down and we talk about Disney Plus Marvel Studios' Loki. So some of the stuff you're going to hear in here is our suppositions about where we thought the show was going to be going. Um, but it's still a fun listen. So, again, I'm sorry, but hey, enjoy the show. Hey, guys. This is John, part of the Bagged and Board podcast, and I'm bringing you a movie fix with my best friend. I'm Chris. Sorry. Chris. Uh, this one, Chris. We don't, we don't do a lot of these. I don't remember the flow of it. I'm Chris. It's <laughs> the movie fix. It's the movie fix. Uh, I think we've flip-flopped who introduces them so it's never just the same person and i'll think we have the same banter that's uh, okay or the same patter the patter right it'd be patter patter banter we we better panter it all yeah. over the place all uh, over it but yeah uh, we're we're sitting down for one of these again because man something something came up that's right in our wheelhouse to talk about yeah we've been pretty much talking about Every single one of these that have come out from Disney Plus. Uh, so we're here to talk about Loki. And um, right off the bat, I want to say I enjoyed it. Uh, but something else I enjoy Ooh. is... Ooh, right off the bat, I want to say I also enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but I also enjoy drinking a beer. And what's better than uh, celebrating... Um, the premiere of Loki with your friends and drinking a nice IPA from one of your local breweries. And this is Community Beer Works Good Neighbors American IPA 6.9% or 6.7%, I'm sorry. And this is a really, really nice drinking beer. Um, I think Paul had it on the show quite a while ago. And then I had it on the show when it was first released in like 16 ounce cans. Oh, excuse me. And um, and I liked it then. I think I like it more now. Um, but this is pretty much in Buffalo. Um, you've probably heard us talk about Big Ditch Brewing. Big Ditch runs the board with their beer called Hayburner. It's the beer that's on tap like in every bar in Buffalo. It is the number one selling craft beer in Buffalo. Uh, and it's a Goliath. It just steamrolls everything. So all the breweries have been kind of trying to find their hay burner. And I think Community Beer Works nailed it. One six pack, twelve ounce cans, nine ninety nine versus eleven forty nine for hay burner. And I think this is a nice, easier drinking beer. On the more crushable side, it's got a nice juiciness. It still has a nice little bit of a malt backbone. I enjoy sitting down and drinking this beer. And um, the rep bought me a six-pack the other day because I said I hadn't had it now in the the new format of the 12-ounce cans. I was outside grilling, talking to my dad. We both had one. And my dad goes, what beer is this? I was like, oh, it's uh, Community Beer Works. Good neighbor. And he's like, man, that's a good beer. And I took a sip of it my first sip of it and i was like yeah that's good and uh yeah i really enjoy this beer it would be something that i would purchase and just kind of have in the fridge for whenever i'm looking for just a nice drinking ipa 
speaking about uh, nice drinking IPAs, I have Founders Brewing's Moon Rambler IPA, and this is an IPA brewed with milk sugar, 6.4% ABV. I picked up a 15-pack of this from my local beer store, I think maybe two weeks ago, because I did have it on bagging board proper. Um, but this has just been my get home from work, crack open a beer, and just kind of enjoy my night. Um, even my girlfriend, who says she doesn't like IPAs, but whenever she really likes a beer, turns out to be either a sour or an IPA. I've come home from work, and she's just had one of these open. And I'm like, oh, so you like it? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then the next day, come home from work. She's drinking another Moon Rambler. I'm like, oh, so you like it? And she's like, I don't know. And like, at this point, you've had like six of them. I think you, I think you like it. You've um, had half my 15-pack? I think you should know by now. It's just so nice, so light, so drinkable. Um, it's that, it's mil- that milk it's, sugar is just so smooth. Like it's just it's so. so sweet, I was delicious. just gonna say it's so smooth on the palate uh, across your tongue. Like it's just like, mmm, yeah, that's nice. I, I really enjoyed it when I had it. I hope they do this again next year because this was like a not a limited release, but it was a seasonal release for them. Um, I hope they bring it back because the fact that I saw it, you know, a month after it had come out on my shelf and now I don't know if I'll be able to get it again kind of makes me sad because I'm I'm having a love affair with this beer yeah I I really liked it I thought it was really good um the problem I think one of the problems Founder does is they release these just in the 15 packs and they don't do six packs of them and I think that's detrimental to them because Somebody doesn't want to buy a 15-pack of a beer they've never had before. And I think just saying, like, oh, we're putting out a 15-pack, you really have to trust in founders, and not a lot of people know to do that. And, see, that I was going to say, for me, that wasn't a, a sticking point, because I was like, oh, it's a founder's IPA brewed with milk sugar. That, all right, that sounds great. So I didn't mind picking up a 15-pack of it, because... At worst, I knew this would just be something that would be in in my fridge, and I would get to drinking it eventually. It just so happens that I really enjoyed it. It reminds me of another beer that they had a little bit ago. I'm just Googling it quick just to make sure that I'm remembering it correct. Because um, it reminds I want to say it was Dissenter. But okay, Dissenter was an Imperial IPL, eight point seven percent. But we use a different type of yeast with it. But I don't know. I want to say it reminds me a little bit of that, just with that kind of like nice sweetness to it. But regardless, uh, I, I love this beer, and we set up right up at the front. I really loved Loki. Uh, we got episode number one, titled "Glorious Purpose." Uh, and this literally picks up during Avengers Endgame when we see the Avengers go back to 2012 to try to get the Infinity Stones that they need to snap everyone back. Yeah, so you see Loki disappear when he picks up the Tesseract, and this is the continuation of him disappearing. And I love that he doesn't get far. He, yeah. he escapes into the desert, and the time police are there. Boom. Uh, uh, TAV? TVA. 
Tiberius Authority. And uh, <clears throat> I love they're there. They take them in, and then I I really love the bureaucracy of this agency. It just reminded me so much of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, I see that. Where it was just like, nope, take these, uh, sign this. This is everything you've ever said. You know, like all that little stuff uh, just reminded me of uh, like of that, and uh, I. I enjoyed the tone, the feel, and the thing I think most people, at least that I like about the Loki character, is he's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's somewhere in between. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's a little more good. Sometimes he's a little more bad. But he's, I think a lot of it is Tom Hiddleston. Like, yeah. you just really love his charm and he has it that's kind of the crux of this show too because this isn't the same loki that we've seen progress through the marvel cinematic universe this is very much the loki that jumped out of time from 2012 so for this loki thor the dark world hasn't happened infinity war hasn't happened endgame hasn't happened ragnarok hasn't happened so my concern was how are they going to make me care about this character who is a fan favorite like that's why he has the show. Everyone loves Loki, and he's been consistently one of the strongest uh, parts of not just the MCU, but the Thor movies especially, because go back, listen to our Marvel movie retrospectives of those. Like We enjoy them for what they are, but we don't have a lot of great things to say about them, except for all the Loki stuff. So my concern was, all right, how are they going to make me care about this Loki, even though I'm going to? How are they going to catch him up to where I want him to be? And they did so with just a, a flashback machine that, <laughs> on paper, it it seems just kind of like, okay, quick, dirty storytelling, like, get him where he needs to be. But it's done effectively. And, again, I think that's because of Tom Hiddleston's reactions to seeing what he went through and how he has been been accepted by his family members even though at that point in his time you know 2012 Loki he didn't have those moments with Thor or with Odin and his mother like so to see how he grew in like the sacred timeline as the TVA calls it uh it again on paper it's like oh well that's a cheesy way to do that but it works so well yeah. Uh no, I uh I agree. And I think I think they were very smart with they brought in the showrunner and writer who is Michael Waldron who also is working on um Doctor Strange but also is noted for like his big involvement and one of the reasons they brought him in is he's was a producer and writer on the Rick and Morty show. Okay. Which I've never been a huge Rick and Morty fan, but it's just because I've never really sat down to watch any. Any times I do watch it, I find it interesting, but it takes a lot of that sci-fi time travel and parallel universes and all that stuff. And that's kind of Rick and Morty's, I guess, a little bit of their bread and butter. 
So it does feel like he's the perfect guy for this. And when they started talking to him about this, he was like, okay, yeah, no, time police. I want it to be like the DMV. Like, I want it to have this over-bureaucracy, like, (laughs) you know, feel. And it's perfect. The tone, the colors, the carpeting. Like everything is like spot on. They'll you know take a number. There's only two people in line. You know it just makes sense. Uh, and I think a lot of that what makes this work too is the interplay between Loki and Agent Mobius, portrayed by Owen Wilson, which they have a great kind of back and forth because yeah. Mobius is a member of the TVA. He knows everything that's happened and is supposed to happen. So anytime Loki's just trying to shyster his way out of anything, you just have Owen Wilson there be like, I get it, man. Yeah, <laughs> but come on, like, work with me here. I'm trying to help you, help you, help me. Uh, and just seeing Loki kind of just finally come to grips with the fact that yeah, maybe I am in a little bit over my head. They have just a bunch of Infinity Gems sitting in, like, drawers, you know. Like, it's like nobody people, cares about these things. People use them as uh, paperweights, and some of the guys. And then I lo- that that guy was so good. Like, I, I don't understand what you're threatening me with. I just <laughs> want to understand what you're threatening me with so then I can know. But even uh, then, he's he's like, yeah, people use paperweights. And then you look, he's tr- he's scanning people's desks. It's like brilliant little little things like that that are are great in uh, this in this show. I, I do have to give it up because that is Pillboy from The Good Place, who is one of the like favorite side characters from that show. Um, also, we'll probably talk about this maybe coming up in Bangor, but in She Hulk when that's coming up for Disney Plus. Uh, it was just announced today that Jamila Jamil, who played Tahani, has been casting that as well. So, you know, Disney Plus and the Marvel Cinematic TV Universe digging into uh, my Mike Schur stuff. And I'm more than okay with that because I love all of his work. Um, the other, like, also um, Lovecraft County, the actor who was the, the main star in that was hired on to play Kang. And then another lead character in that is the um, the female head of security there. Um, okay. So when I saw her in that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. They've got both these actors from that. But then when Loki is in, when he's in front of the judge and they have the three heads of the uh, time council or whatever. The uh, timekeepers. Timekeepers and there, there's lines where all their faces are like separated and moving in and out. I was just like, "Oh, that's so Kang esque because Kang's got those lines on his face. They do and, look kind of like Kang. Like Kang could be like an amalgamation of all of them, or Kang could be like a fallen timekeeper. And they do keep making reference to like this time war that happened." between like all these branching timelines and multiverses so no, this could be how they they introduce him and Kevin Feige de- uh, recently went on record as saying of all the shows that we've done so far so WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier 
and Loki. Loki is the one that will have the most impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. So I, I think definitely we should be expecting big things from this. Yeah, and it would be really good to tease maybe a version of Kang in this because basically Owen Wilson's character is hiring Loki to catch another version of Loki. At least that's what we're led to assume by the hooded figure who is yeah. doing this. I think he's assuming that it's Loki. I, but it could be when a... When he said that, like, oh, we're trying to catch you... Part is like, well, maybe they mean it's a like another variant Loki, or maybe it's just some other kind of like wild card like Loki, and they need just his his take on it. Like, okay, well, yeah. what would what would you do next? And then you know, surprise, it turns out to be someone else. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out just to be a different version of Loki, a female Loki, uh, little kid Loki, little kid Loki, or. The Loki, they brought in Loki to catch his future self, who, in trying to capture himself, then becomes the self that he has to capture? Possibly. Once he Timing. learns about how, like, the the little reset buttons that they have, because they have those, like, they look almost like little hourglasses that basically trim the, the timeline when something isn't. When stuff happens that's not supposed to happen, and like the Minutemen go and clean it up, they basically like that's the cleanup. Yeah, it's we're not exactly sure what it does, but yeah. it resets the timeline, kind of a thing. Um, this I go wait, ahead. Sorry, I was just say this episode moved at a clip too, and as I was watching, I'm like, this feels long, but it could also be just because they're throwing a lot of stuff in here, and I'm really enjoying it. It was a 52 minute episode, which fantastic. I hope they're all this long because there yeah. was so much gold in here, and we didn't even get to talk about one of my favorite bits that happens right up at the front of the show after he gets brought into the TVA, where he has to go walk through the like the archway that's going <laughs> to yeah. scan him, and he's like, "Oh, well, if you're a robot, it's gonna it's gonna melt you." Well, what if I'm a robot and I, and I don't know it? Does that often happen? Are people robots and don't know it? And there's just that moment of hesitation where he's like, okay, now I go through. And Well, also, like, he's looking at the inside where there's, like, these gouge marks and burn marks. And he's just like, mm -hmm. yeah. And Tom Hiddleston can sell it all with his face, with his eyes. And, like... You, you see it, too, where he's just sitting there, and all of a sudden his eyes well up when he sees his mother. Like, mm -hmm. there's these great, great moments. And then, like, he keeps getting reset to where he's supposed to be sitting in the chair, and he's through the chair, so he just keeps falling. Like, there's so many, like, smart little things like that that I just really, really, really enjoy. And this is, like just me like i'm a huge time bandits fan like it's one of my favorite movies i love it i have the time bandits map uh framed and hanging on my wall and i i love time time stuff like this and so when i found out he's you know it's gonna be all about time like it's just one of those things like i have this little extra spot in my heart that i'm like yep timey wimey time travel 
people doing stuff through time that they're not really supposed to be doing. Yeah, I so love it. How do you feel about them kind kind of just hand waving away what happened in Endgame with the Avengers jumping through timelines because they're like, oh, well, that was supposed to happen, so it's allowed. Because again, that, as soon as that happened, I was like, well, why were the Avengers able to do this? And then they're like, oh, well, because they were supposed to. It's like, okay, well, that makes sense, but. Did that feel a little bit cheap to you, just to be like, oh, well, no, that's that's fine? I think it was a way to tell people to shut up. It was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, I mean, who, they have those readings like, oh, Captain America is going to put it, everything back. He's going to do our job for us. He's going to put it all back together because we know he's going to do it because we know all of time. I do like Loki being like, well, I'm not guilty because the Avengers are the one that's guilty because they set me up for this. So how am I supposed to know I'm not supposed to be jumping out of there? You know, yeah. it's, it's a good defense, I think. Yeah. I also like that there's no... It seems like there's... No, we've already replaced you with your own self. Like, we're going to kill you. Like, this this trial means nothing. Yeah. Because <laughs> even that guy, that, that snot-nosed punk... Uh, I... Gets killed for not having the ticket. That did, that did like, make me. I was like, oh, he didn't give me a ticket. I asked him for one. <laughs> uh, I I did like that too. I do. I do want to say this: as handsome of a man as Tom Hiddleston is, uh, doesn't look that great in a jumpsuit. Does anybody though? No, okay. not really. I mean, Leslie Nope when she was uh, garbage collecting. I, I guess I guess whatever your flavor is, that's fine. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, six episodes coming out on Wednesdays. Uh, we did talk about this on Bang Board too, where they said you know Wednesdays are the new Fridays. It really didn't throw me off having it come out a couple days early. Um, made time Wednesday morning when it came out. Made a pot of coffee, sat down, just enjoyed the show. Uh I know some people had issues like, oh, it's not on Friday. It's streaming. Like, Yeah, it's on TV. You can watch it any day you want. Watch it when you want. Um, I watched it. I put my son down because I'm off on Wednesdays. I put my son down. I watched the episode. And then I went about my day. And then um, in the evening when Caitlin got home, I, I watched it again with her. And I was more than happy to to do that. I really, really liked it. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for absolutely watching it again I will say this I mean we'll see there's five more episodes to come but I feel like Loki is going to be the show that I go back to and rewatch first because I haven't gone back into WandaVision yet I haven't gone back to Falcon and Winter Soldier this just has the right balance of fun and action and you know from the first episode, heart that I think I I want. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, the first three episodes of Wandavision, I think I watched twice. I watched them initially on my own because Caitlin didn't said she didn't want to watch it, and then when I explained what the show was about, she was like, "Okay, I I think I'm in." And then I rewatched those with her. So. There is, I think, a rewatchability for Vision, but I think that was before you got the finale mm-hmm. of it. Where I think this is going to have those little Easter eggs that 
when you get to the end, there's going to be payoff stuff throughout the show that you'd missed. Kind of like Arrested Development, where you're not expecting all the Buster losing his hand stuff leading up to him losing his hand. And then when you watch it, knowing that he loses his hand, you're like, wow, that's a a lot of things set up for him about that. Like, I think you're going to have that with this show. I I agree, and I I look forward to that. Uh, much like I look forward to our next episode, whether it's Bag and Board, Movie Fix, Board Books with Friends, uh, I just like talking to you guys about stuff. Yeah. It's, it's great because it's the stuff that we would talk to as friends if we were younger and didn't have lives, and this gives us an outlet for us to have those conversations. 